excited for well you you watched it and then you I were like it. and you were like you have to watch this like it's I'm so, so interesting and, and and then i was like and then we ha- we sparked the whole conversation i was like okay i have to watch it because we want to talk about tech in this podcast episode and the podcast episode the, sorry the movie itself brings up a whole plethora of arguments about just what's wrong with sometimes the tech industry which is rising and continuously rising and making millions of dollars um hello jeff bezos um oh definitely jeff bezos right aws because i want you to talk about that because i didn't know this and i don't think a lot of people know this hey guys we're back um (laughs) we our video ran out of storage i actually have to i'm gonna invest in buying uh actual camera. camera for for um, my podcast because I don't want to use my phone constantly. Uh, but we actually landed at a perfect spot, which was uh, talking about um, the tech industry and uh, like sort of the implications that it has for being so lack of diversity. Um, and we wanted to talk about the, the document, the doc- what is it, like a documentary? It's a documentary. Documentary. Uh, the social dilemma. <laughs> so if you haven't heard of the social dilemma, it came out on Netflix. It came out this year, right? This year, no, this past year, twenty twenty. It came out twenty twenty, and it talked a lot about uh, social media and how basically they created an industry. Excuse me, that uh, plays on the psychology of engaging people. They call it the persuasive. Um, psychology that basically creates income for them because that's their job they have to basically keep you engaged in order for them to make money uh through advertisers and actually before before we start because i think there was a point that i wanted you to bring up well not bring up but we we, it could it could come up in conversation which is like how much millions of dollars the tech industry is making especially now when you have people like uh elon musk making potentially trillions of dollars in the near future because i don't think it's like fully declared but they're saying he will make trillions of dollars. Um, and through and it's not through what you think it is. That's the thing. That people think that it's like through, like, I mean, okay. He abuses his employees for sure by paying the minimum wage and clearly allowing him to keep a, lo- a large portion of his, his income. Uh, the, not his income, but a large uh, portion of revenue that comes into to Amazon. Mm-hmm. But the thing that actually makes him a significant amount of money is, his um uh data yeah, harvesting his cloud tools. right his cloud what um, is it called again architecture um aws aws which you have to look into it which i i'll put in some links of things yeah, that you've read but can there. you explain a little bit what aws is and how it makes El- uh, not elon musk <laughs> i was thinking about <laughs> tesla <laughs> yeah you know, i heard you say elon musk i was like he makes wait, art wait. <laughs> wait did i say elon musk like, technically it's a tech company right yeah, uh, okay okay but yeah but uh, yeah, how, does Jeff, how does Jeff, Jeff Bezos, Bezos make money off of Amazon? Because it's not what you uh, sort of think. It's not what pe- people normally think. Because I feel like when people say, like, oh, um, stop supporting Jeff Bezos, they like they say, like, oh, stop buying from Amazon. I'm like, like you're not going to hurt Jeff Bezos if you stop buying from Amazon. You're going to hurt the small se- the small sellers that sell on Amazon. Um, be- uh, but, yeah, because, like, most of... Jeff Bezos' money come from AWS, and AWS is Amazon Web Services. Mm-hmm. So that's um, like basically the uh, the services. Like it's basically it, to put it in like simple terms, it's like kind of like um, big computer centers um, that host websites and data. 
Yep. Um, so, like, for example, there's a lot of federal agencies that are moving to AWS. Um, there's a lot of, like, static websites that use AWS. There's also, like, Google Cloud Platform and stuff like that. But, right. Um, one of the rising ones is Amazon, AWS. Um, and that's where he makes most of his money because, um, like, there's a lot of stuff on the internet and a that lot doesn't of go it, to the cloud that doesn't right it's not like everyone cloud, thinks it's like the cloud? cloud is not a cloud it's someone else's computer right um so like yeah whenever he's like oh it's going up to the cloud like no it's going up to like a server in like i don't even know what it's someone's server, something factory in new jersey or something I right know. i don't know where they are they're probably somewhere there. right um but yeah because because a lot of companies need to host um websites especially like federal agencies, they need to host a lot of data. <laughs> Social security numbers, like all, like that. a lot of stuff. Like they need a lot of servers, a lot of computers to store all that information, and it is very expensive um, to to take care of it and have them for their own. Like for example, like if there was like servers in like a federal building in in downtown or something, like it's right. so expensive to take care of them, right. to pay for someone to like. Uh, uh, check up on them, stuff like Clean that. Clean them, because it's actually like maintenance that you have yeah, to. Yeah, you have to do with. maintenance uh, on them. So AWS basically takes that relief from them and does it all themselves, and that's how he gets the money. Because you know they pay, they they pay uh, AWS to host all this information, all this data. And it's um, not no like little a thousand, couple thousand dollars. Like this is a million yeah, dollar contracts that are that go on for probably years. I'm yeah, assuming. Probably. And they're like. And he's created like trucks for these and like oh yeah because like transfer facilities. data to transfer data so like if you had like servers in mm-hmm. your building and you want to now transfer that to AWS like they have like trucks that will go to you to yeah um, uh, your company your company uh, and literally like extract the data and bring it to the AWS it's so crazy like when I saw the truck I was like <laughs> y'all really have trucks I put a out picture here? up of the truck right here. You guys really have trucks out here. <laughs> that, that's it's if so funny. It's so cool and. Um, like I say cool because it's just like the technology that went around building these um, oh my structures God. is like insane. It's like crazy. Um, and they also have to make it durable. So like it's fire resistant. Cause you know, you don't want your stuff to be burnt. So there's a lot of stuff that money and things that go through this. And I feel just like people don't that notice that because it's like kind of like a sideshow stuff. Right. Because people be like, Oh, I have a iCloud account. It kind of goes up to the... Right, and that's the that's the point. That's also another thing that like I guess the social dilemma doesn't really go into debt, but kind of freezes past it. It's so surface level, which we'll talk about. Because it's like okay, like I feel like social dilemma try to like you know impose a lot of fear, but it's like okay, I think it's just like tell me what you're doing, and then I'll decide. Right, because it's like you they okay so for me so right (laughs) we. I, you know, <laughs> right, you're going to tell me, you're just going to give me all this fear and not tell me the solution. Be like, well, I don't know how to do it. Okay, because this is actually really funny. So we'll be talking about this movie because uh, this is made by mostly, I don't know who made this movie, actually. I have to look into that. But I, actually, I can look it up. But uh, this movie was released in uh, 2020. Um, re- basically just talking about the social media industry and just how these social media platforms are taking over people's lives and, you know, impacting a lot of aspects of people's lives because everything is on the phone. Like, you know, Google Maps, you know, call, calling people, social media, keeping up with relatives in different countries, all that jazz is all in, you know, 
in 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 our in the, in the touch of a phone or touch of a button. Um, they, their blurb is literally for the movie tech experts sound the alarm on the human impact of social networking. Little did they like realize that they're not. They're just telling you the issues that they created, right. and expecting us to answer it. You're like, wait, what? like you said, you said that you were the one that engineered the email, and now you're complaining about the the way you engineered it. Like I was so, <laughs> I I didn't finish the documentary because it felt very repetitive at some points. It just felt like I was like, okay, like, like you should be scared. You should be scared. Like you you. I mean, okay, I won't negate Cause like this. Yeah, because it's like. Okay, there's some truth. Right, to it. right, right. Because right, I don't also like. Yeah, that especially with the pandemic, <laughs> everyone has been more susceptible to just being on their phone every single moment of the day because we can't go outside if you're responsible. <laughs> so, like, people are so consumed by the social media platform and like you know, just seeing what's in trend, even under a pandemic, which is crazy that things are still in a trend and all that other stuff. But hey, oh yeah, I thought that would go away but now. But it was crazy cuz I from the jump, from the jump of this film, I was just like, "Oh, we're we're not getting off to a good start." Uh because I even I even uh time coded it. So at minute, no, what is this? Hour. Well, I didn't even, I don't think I wrote this right. <laughs> but I think it was like 26 minutes in um maybe 26 minutes in. But very very early on in the beginning, um, this guy, uh, Tristan Harris, who was a former ethicist for Google, uh, talks about how he like realized that you know the oh, the engineering that he's done has become a problem. Like there's no morality to sort of the the the, the algorithms that he has created, and he talks about he says I, I quoted this because I was like this right here was the issue. He says, 50 designers, 20 to 35-year-old white guys in California made decisions that would have impact on 2 billion people. That is crazy that he said that because he, that's the last time he kind of just, they, they kind of just even addressed the fact I that they were white guys. Right. I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like so you know that it's a problem. So you know that it was the white guys that had the issue because... He, throughout this whole documentary, not a single person of color except for this one woman of color. One. Who, what, what did she talk about again? Um, she was the one who was brought in to talk about um, the the political division. Oh, the polarization. Uh, the, yeah, the, the whole issue. Pol- yeah. Um, and they just brought her to talk about, right when they were talking about like the protests and stuff like that. And I was like, so, <laughs> so that's it. You just give... And I'm not kidding, yeah, like, that, that, all white men. That, yeah, literally, like, the whole cast of Social Dilemma is, they're all white. white men. Which, but then also it's <laughs> a reflective of the industry, because they're all white. And right, amazing. exactly. Because you see, I don't know if, if, if you've seen the film. Guilt. The what? Oh, yeah, it's white guilt. This whole, that whole documentary is white guilt about basically a monster that they've created that has, is reflective of the biases that they carry on their day-to-day, and they didn't realize, oh, well, like, I programmed it to think that it was efficient, but hello, I programmed it as a white man who clearly had its own biases that came into doing these algorithms. Um, and I think it was interesting that, you know, he... It, uh, so it was mostly white men who were in this mo- in this movie. A lot of them were obviously social... Uh, social no, not social. Uh, computer engineers and engineers who were 
CEOs, founders yeah. of some big companies. Yeah, like, I, like, and Twitter. I, was like, I think I saw like oh, Pinterest or something. Pinterest, like, I was like Twitter. What are you doing here? I was like, oh my god, all these guys, and they're like so. It's it's it felt so yeah. weird because they were so confident in saying the problem, knowing not knowing that you all as maybe just because we realize it, but it's like we realize like, but you. You caused a problem. I'm confused yeah, I was as like to confused. Why. Yeah, I was like, they were just like, we're bringing awareness to this. I was just like, you don't, aren't you the like CEO? Like, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't you have done something? Like, I'm yeah, confused. I'm confused. <laughs> oh my god, it was so it, it it was just off putting, and I don't know if I have to look into seeing if people criticize them for for their. I'm I'm pretty sure they people like, had the, to. The, the, yeah, uh, there's I feel like there's people on both sides. Yeah, um, people people have their different opinions oh yeah yeah. for sure they're like oh my god this is so innovative this is an episode of black mirror but i'm like people i think people fall into a a, a, the hole of fantasizing and making it so mystical as if this issue just kind of came out of thin air when it's like no you have to really look at the context in which it was created because it wasn't it didn't just come out like here you go here's here's like here's the social media platform use it as you can because how was facebook created mike mark mark zuckerberg uh, created in his dorm room in Exeter, uh, originally in Exeter, and then went to Harvard and created. Oh, it. I was like, he was, he was in Harvard, not no, in no. Exeter. I went to uh, I went to the Exeter summer camp, and one of the professors was like, "Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg uh, stole Exeter's like social because they have like a a way to communicate within their students, and it was something along Facebook, and he stole <laughs> that idea from Exeter and then used it when he went to Harvard with his roommates to get girls." So oh, it's like, you have God. a white man <laughs> using, starting a whole vacation. Every time I think about when he's, like, in, in the courtroom. Like, <laughs> like, a whole robot, like, a whole conspiracy <laughs> theories about him being a reptile. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> I was like, it's crazy, because he literally started just, if you, have you seen The Social Network, the, the movie? Mm-mm. So he, that whole thing goes into, like, how he started it, and, like, now, like, looking at it and having him have to confront the government and be like, why did you create it? And like, how do you say, bam, I created it to talk literally to talk to girls and like be very like predatorial about it too. Like yeah. really creepy. Um, but yeah, I'm like, some of these people didn't create, these are white men who created some of the, who are in Silicon Valley at that too, which yeah. I'll get into a couple of notes about uh, Silicon Valley as well. Uh, but there was another interesting point I wanted to bring up was, um, a, a, a question I had throughout the documentary is who has the luxury to consume social media? Like, who, who, how does that differ amongst various socioeconomic statuses, races, or regions? Right. Because you have people who uh, work nine to five office jobs. Exactly. And so those are people who I, I see kind of consuming a lot of social media. You have people who work actual, you know, real labor jobs who don't have time to consume social media, don't have maybe enough funds to purchase internet plans on their phones. Like, who is this really impacting as well? And what does that look like? I think that's an interesting, something to think about in terms of mm-hmm. um, when they do that. Because I just feel like they just gave such a surface level analysis yeah. of, of, of tech and the impact it has. Because it's like, what are you, are you considering regions, world, parts of the world where there's no internet? Right, like exactly. That's the thing that kind of bugs. It's just like, okay, you're giving a very... You're imposing so much fear for something that's very surface. First world kind of vibes. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, um... Because, like, I, they mentioned this one. That's just, like, with everything, like, with, like, all the that fear, it's hard to, to note that good things came out of this. Oh, 100%. Some, like, one way or another. Um, with the yeah. protest itself? 
Yeah, like, uh, there was a form of communicating and organizing. Um, Although, like, not on all platforms, because I feel like that, that's also another uh, issue that's just, like, um, the, um, like, uh, the regulation, the the regulations, yeah, the guidelines and everything. Which, which we'll get into because there, what, what regulation is there? For social media, there isn't, and clearly our recent elections proved prove that it seems like social media and the power of social media goes beyond the government. I.e., the answer, the insert, where's it? Insertion, insurrection, insurrection, insertion, yeah. insurrection that happened on what was it? Dia yeah, de los Reyes, January sixth, <laughs> no, like, no, January sixth, and. You know, that was a whole... Un- there was a lot of back stuff going out in, in different sites about just setting that whole situation up and mm-hmm. who was regulating that. Like, what... You you would think that the FBI could do some sort of work with that, but the, the FBI oh, apparently yeah. wasn't working hard enough because they were out. They, they came through and they was like, no one was stopping. No one said anything. I mean, obviously there was clear... It's like not... Yeah, all those guidelines stuff, they're not clear because like it, it works on... It, it it shuts down some people, not others, and it's just like very imbalanced. Yeah. We're back. Sorry about that interruption. We had a little weird smell. We had to make sure our house wasn't burning down. Um, but yeah, we were talking about just um, uh, the lack of monitoring of, of tech and the negative implications it has on um, on our government because clearly it did at the. Insur- ins- oh my god, I keep... Insurrection. Insurrection. We had a rock insurrection. But anyways, so I know we're, we're, we're going to run a short out of time, but I wanted to kind of talk to quickly through a couple of points about why and how tech is, um, you know, a, a thing that we need to discuss more uh, and, and really be able to create a system that regulates it because it's becoming a little bit out of hand. And... Um, also addressing the fact that because there is white men uh, leading a lot of the software engineering and, and algorithm builds and building out these algorithms and, and AI stuff, mm-hmm. how that negatively impacts uh, a lot of the, the things that we do in our day-to-day. So one of the things is, the one thing, quickly, we talked about the insurrection that happened in January 6th. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but the cyber attack from Russia to the U.S. and how nobody knew that that even happened. Like, they literally found out about it weeks, maybe, I think even months after it happened, and they're still investigating and still do not know the full scope of how bad the cyber attack was. Um, I think that this country tends to lack investment in those infrastructures. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you were telling me that their, their tech systems are super outdated, like there, what 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 do you say? Like their systems were, from when, they haven't been up- updated since when. Uh, I don't know what do you mean. Like you, I don't know the date. Well, you don't know the date, but like you were saying, like they hadn't been updated for a minute. Like they haven't been updated for a minute. Like, um, like for example, our our new, I think our nuclear bombs are like, I still like, yeah, uh, they still use floppy disks. Oh my, our nuclear weapons are still used to the technology of floppy disks, which is insane. Uh, I want to read a quick quote about it. They were like, three weeks after the intrusion came to light, American officials are still trying to understand whether what the Russians pulled off was simply an uh, espionage operation inside the systems of the American bureaucracy or something more sinister. 
inserting backdoor access into government agencies, major corporations, the electric grid, and laboratories developing and transporting new generations of nuclear weapons. So they could have potentially tapped into some serious government um, information, not only just including our taxes, not taxes, like our like our social security number. How, how high our taxes are. How high our taxes are. They're like, oh my God, I paid too much. He's not right here. Right. Or paid too much taxes. <laughs> he paid only seven fifty. <laughs> like, uh, but like not just that, but actually uh, the, the, the access to our nuclear weapons that we're developing, like that sort of power is deadly yeah. to, to, to a lot of those who are involved. And that, and the fact that their systems are so outdated is a shame because you have here Instagram knowing what I like. And apparently they were like, they know when you look at your ex's picture and they know when you are looking at you're, you know, you're looking at, a, the, at that new guy that you like. And I'm like, how do you know that? But you don't know that Russia attacked you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, that's so, like, that's crazy. And so they were like, and apparently they they ignored, they, sorry, they didn't even get early warning signs from some of the systems that they had in place. Uh, they weren't able to detect uh, the, 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 the attack that had gone on. So their systems also failed. So the mm-hmm. systems that they had in place also didn't, didn't, didn't work well. Um, and then let's see, there was another one, which I think was interesting. Uh, but the hacking also breached large numbers of corporations, many of which have yet to step forward. So there's not, there's some of them have not said that they've been, uh, their information has been breached because it is, cause they said something, they said, um, that it, that it, they hide, they hacked, uh, their, their, what is it? The electric grid. And so it wasn't necessarily just, you know, your, your, your federal agencies, but they were attacking actual, like, companies and organizations who use, I'm assuming, certain inter- internet servers. Um, and they said that they had a... So they, so they believe that uh, one of the several supply chain vendors Russia used in hacking was uh, SolarWinds. Uh, Microsoft also, which had tailed 40 victims as of four, December 17, initially said that it had, one, that, that it had not been breached, only to discover uh, that a week had that it had a week after that they were um, actually uh, had been attacked uh, by by the cyber attacks, um, and I will link that um, New York Times article about uh, these uh, Russian cyber attacks, which are ongoing. They're not like one off really? situations. Like these are ongoing, and the system is super vulnerable to them as well. Um, so that's one thing, and then. Going into the the technology of uh, of how like white men's sort of construction of, of tech impacts um, our everyday tools, one of the things that that I want to first start off with is the fact that there's a lack of emotional intelligence in the the tech space. Um, there's an article by Medium that talks that's, that's titled "A Lack of Emotional Intelligence Is Fueling Misogyny and Racism at Google." and across Silicon Valley. It's written by Luke Stark. Um, one of the points that I wanted to bring up was, he says, MIT's Rosalind Pickard wrote in her 1997 book, Effective Computing, that for most of her life, um, her thinking was, emotions are for fine arts, entertainments, and certain social interactions, but, keep, but keeping them out of science and computing. As a common trope in engineering culture, these sentiments endured. Uh, so there's this guy called James Damore, 
who was a former Google employee who published a manifesto denouncing the need for diversity. He was clearly a right-wing uh, kind of guy. Denouncing he, the need for diversity? Yeah. He said that it was, <laughs> he like, was due to, he was, he, it was due to, like, social evolution and, like, the fact that w- he didn't think that women were allowed to be in the tech space because of social evolution. Like, very misogynistic, Ugh. very right-wing, problematic. And so this man had that I said... Um, he said that he de- he de- he there should be, in Google there should be a de emphasis on empathy and that software engineers should try to be emotionally unengaged. The lack of emotional it's intelligence for many in Silicon Valley is both self defeating and profoundly toxic. So this he thought That's that they said yeah he said that what the f- <laughs> so this came out and this article like didn't came out in two thousand eighteen so um I don't see nobody talking about that I didn't see that at the social dilemma. Uh, Right. This is like, this is happening in the Silicon Valley, like, and they're not talking exactly. about it. Exactly. I'm like, what are you doing? That's that's insane. They missed the whole the whole problem. Like, I feel like they're just like, right. there's a problem, but you missed that you were the problem. They were like, <laughs> right, because they were like, they're like, there's a problem, and we're fixing it. I like how there was a scene where he was like, what's the word for the problem? And you're like, white man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm confused as to why you. you're confused. You are the problem. Because he talks about there being lack of diversity, but yet does not address it for the entire film. And I'm like, where? That's the that's the problem. That there's that? there's lack of social emotional intelligence, and what who brings the 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 better social emotional intelligence? Women. Um, because there was a, have you seen the Trump rallies? That uh, I think the guy from uh, what was the show? What was the show? What was the show? Uh, I forgot the the two show, but he interviews like Trump supporters, like just to make fun of them. And he was like, he's like, she's like, women would start, they get on their period and they would start a war like this. And she's like, ma'am, um, all the wars that have been started have been started by men. <laughs> like, the women have never started right. no wars. So I'm, that was so confusing. But there's a lack of social emotional uh, intelligence that is telling in some of these mm. individuals. Um, but the larger issue is that uh, there's also the fact that um, it was a really good article that I think embodies what, what I'm trying to say. And it was written by Deborah Raji in the MIT Technology Review article where she talks about how data encodes systemic racism. And she says, technology is not independent of us. It is created by us. And we have complete control over it. Data is not just arbitrarily political. There are specific toxic and misinformed politics that data scientists carelessly allow to infiltrate our data sets. White supremacy is one of them. We have already inserted ourselves and our decisions into the outcome. There's no neutral approach. There's no future version of data that is magically unbiased. Data will always be a subjective interpretation of someone's reality, a specific presentation of the goals and perspectives we choose to prioritize in the moment. That's a power held by those of us responsible for sourcing, selecting, and designing this data and developing the models that uh, interpret the information. Um... And she says, after all, the lies embedded in our data are much more different from any other lie. Uh, uh, wait. After all, the lies embedded in our data are much more different from any other lie white supremacy, white supremacy has told us. Uh, they will thus require you require just as much energy investment to counteract. Um, so I think that's an important point to bring up because... That's the truth. If these are social, uh, you know, uh, I keep saying social engineers. If these are like, hey, okay. uh, you know, computer engineers who are creating these programs and algorithms and they carry a certain perspective based on right. their 
you know, how they walk on their day-to-day life, let's say they're white men, there's a privilege that comes into that and also how they design programming, right? Because they have these biases. They perceive the world a certain way. And I think that, in a way, they forgot that other people have to use it, right? Yeah. And that becomes the whole problem because now you create a monster that people are like, oh, I don't, you know, I perceive, like, they talk about the beauty standards, for instance. There's a, there's a back, there's context to the beauty standards. They're mostly Western white woman beauty standards that are being upheld sometimes on social media. Right. And then on the contrary, you also have the fact that they, um, uh, there's white women trying to embody uh, features of women of color in, 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 and it's only acceptable for women of, white women to, to mm-hmm. be useful. And that's impacting um, people's perception of what beauty looks like. So th- they, they're just like missing their inter- uh, the intersectionality of the issue. Oh, you're right. Exactly. And why is it? Because they're white men. They're not gonna. They're not gonna think about that argument. They're not gonna be like, oh yes, let's bring in race. Let's bring in gender. They're no, like, they just say, I'm not gonna show it to my kids. Right. It's like I, I don't want to show it to my kids. I'm like, bro. Like, like clearly, if you don't want to show it to kids, why are you proud of that? <laughs> right. Right. And so here's where it comes into real life. Uh, there's an article. I will keep bringing out these articles. <laughs> I, feel, articles. I feel like I'm in a class. There's an article in the Guardian called "The Rise of the Racist Robots: How AI is Learning uh, All of Our Worst Impulses." Uh, and basically, she says, uh, "Not she. He talks about um, how in May last. I'm reading it word by word. This is how the article starts. In May last year, a stunning report claimed that a computer program used by a U.S. court." for risk assessment was biased against black prisoners. The program correctional offender management profiling for alternative sanctions, uh, which is called COMPAS, <laughs> but was much more prone to um, mistakenly label black defendants as likely to uh, reoffend wrongly, uh, reoffend. Uh, Why so someone create that? <laughs> wrongly flagging them uh, at almost twice the rate as white people, 45 to 24%. According to the investigative journalism uh, organization ProPublica, and so, but while some of the most prominent voices in the industry are concerned with the far off future apocalyptic potential of AI, which we see in this movie, right, where they're like, we don't know what the future holds, like this, the the robots are gonna take over, and it's like, bro, there, you're not paying attention to some of the real, real problems (laughs) happening right now, which is the 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 biases, the racist biases of pe- white people, specifically, sorry, white men, that are being used to create some of these algorithms that are built into the systems that already are racist against people of color. Right. And it's like, that has a real effect, as we saw, you know, something that was really amplified with the Black Lives Matter movement, the targeting of, of black men, right, in, in what they do. It's similar to what we saw, and I think they talk about this, an article is similar to what we saw in New York City with stop and frisk that they only stopped and frisk uh, uh, men of color uh, because they were like oh well they're they're the ones that do the the right. stuff and it's like no fam like you're clearly doing it of a certain biases so imagine that but putting it into a, a, a computer co- a computer and, they do it automatically. and now it does it automatically and it's like no and people think it as like oh yeah no it's it's fine but it's like no you're 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 putting in your your perspectives into this device and mm-hmm. it's like what's you know like that, 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 that has some real life implications for the people who are affected by it. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like what I kind of was able to find. And then obviously there was a couple of other articles, which, you know, talks about, uh, just Silicon Valley itself because Silicon Valley is just straight up white man land. Uh, (laughs) 
and, and like the fact that they're just so unwilling to sometimes change those those aspects about themselves. Um, for instance, uh, other than the, the, the policing um, uh, AI system that we talked about, there was also the fact that um, iPhones, uh, from iPhones, uh, iPhone tends to unlock uh, between two different uh, people who are, look the same in, in terms of race because they can't, de- can't they, distinguish they it. can't distinguish it. Um, I don't know if you had this in Google Photo, but apparently Google Photo, they could have you could have two individuals um, who are from the same race and um, they, and make them and group them together and make them be like, is this your is this the you know person? is this the same person? And you're like, that's that's not I had that happen once and I was like, that is not that person. person. I was like, oh my god, I was like, that is fucked up. What the fuck? Their, their technology the is so yeah they have and it's like they don't even try to hide it it feels like sometimes and it's like that's why I have such I had such a problem watching that docu- documentary because I was just like you know the problem and you clearly see it I mean you know you have that famous story that happened with the uh, the, uh, the 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 soap dispenser uh, one company forgot to test their soap dispenser recognition on different skin tones. Uh, and they and and when they put it at different places and people of color couldn't be able to they weren't their skin tones weren't recognized by the soap dispenser they were like bro what the hell like that that's cr- that people made a joke out of it but that, that was serious because if you now have systems that are only recognizable to white people like it's mimicking what right society is doing right right so I mean it's it's a huge problem and I think that that's a missed message that the documentary did right. for the social dilemma i mean i was like yeah it, it was not it was not it but i mean it i kind of i kind of just gave you all this information be like <laughs> hey this is the industry that you're about to go into are you ready <laughs> i mean because it's like that's the and I, I feel like that's what keeps me um motivated to to like stay in it because it's like we need that perspective in there. Like, I need to be in the table, like, the, the drawing board. Right. That says, like, okay, guys, we forgot to include this group of right. people. Like, we need to consider um, people that experience this, people that, stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, you can't you can't just expect a group of white men to, like, get that. You know, like, as much as, yeah. as, much as books they read, I don't know, like, they won't get the, yeah. the full scope of it. So it's like, right. you need people, you need diverse backgrounds in the table. Yeah. In the drawing table. Um... So we're not trying to get you not to be part of these industries. We're just trying to, like, teach you what's out there, what's the real, uh, you know. I think that people sometimes sugarcoat the fact that you go into these industries, especially programs that, like, teach you, like, oh, yeah, these industries are so easy. You just got to talk to so-and-so. But it's, like, there's some real uh, groveling that people have to do, people of color have to do to enter some of these industries because they view us as oh this is just a diversity number but it's like no right. i'm bringing i'm bringing, you're bringing more input. than that you're, you're you're not bringing just like oh someone who who hasn't been there before like no you're bringing new insight into right. this industry because clearly they didn't know how to do it the first time right right <laughs> so i mean it, it's it's a lot to take in and i hopefully you guys are able i'm gonna be able to share some of these resources with you guys to sort of just I, you know, maybe some people didn't even know about this, and I, hopefully they're able to learn sort of ab- about like what mm-hmm. exactly um, the the industry is about, and and just sort of the things that we are unaware of sometimes. I think that right. the social dilemma did bring up the point that sometimes we could be consumed by what's going on in our right. social media page. Yeah, because there's some truth to it, like you know, like right. um, like 
the correlations to teen yeah. um, teen depression. Like that's something real that we need to look at. But it's just like there's all there's more to that too because it's just like bullying was always there. Right. Social media amplified that. So right. it's just like what are you gonna do about the bullying part? Because you like you you like you're just attacking the social media part. But it's just like it was already there. And right. like research and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it also it's made it like, easier too because kids are like hiding behind a screen and like calling rude. everybody really, really disrespectful things, like say things that they wouldn't say in front of face. Exactly. So it's like this more like that's what I'm saying. Like they simplified it too much. Right. Which is like you're being attacked. You're being. Yeah. You're being on the thing. So it's just like it's more com like the they the, it's more com complex in the sense of like there's a lot of things that go into the thing. Yeah, different perspectives that you need to consider. Um, and there, there's a lack of just knowing the interse- intersectionality of technology and thinking that it's like a singular thing, like it's a monolith in the world, and it's like right. you know, it, technology is one thing and race and and gender is another, and it's like no, they all intertwine. And so hopefully you guys learn something new about technology, and I like there's some facts that I also like when we talk. I talk to her and I learn about stuff that's going on in the tech world I'm like I didn't even know this was a thing so it's always good to inform yourself and I think um, it, it, yeah, it that's the thing that's a, the thing that they don't talk about it's right just like inform yourself like right cut like like advocate for regulations that allow you to know what's happening behind these screens like right. they just invoke fear and didn't tell you like Okay, advocate for it. Right. <laughs> for you They're like, oh, yeah. How do you, how do you, how, how are you supposed to fight for the regulation? Like, they, no, it was just so bland. I mean, it's bland like them. So, right. like, <laughs> I'm like, what? I, it was so bad. But if you watched it, I mean, it's, I'm, hopefully we offered a different perspective of how to watch that, that, uh, that documentary. Um, I want to thank, uh, I'll be, I'll come back and talk a little bit more afterwards, but I want to thank you for coming. Um, she has had to sit on a pillow cause I, I didn't have, I'm on the chairs. Uh, but she has to get back to work, uh, to hopefully get a job out there in this, get a job. this tough I industry. Will get a job. Right. I will, I will graduate and get a job. Yeah. She's manifesting, you know, you gotta do the, the, the present state. The present state. All right. Well, I, am, I will. Thank you, sister. For having me, I mean, not having me. <laughs> no way, we're doing that. Yes, we do my that. podcast. No, thank you for coming to my podcast. Be my first guest, second episode. It's lit. Yeah. Hey everyone, so I am by myself now. Um, so you know, I, I was so happy to bring in my sister and talk about her experience with technology. Um, that, that does, well, not technology, but the technology industry itself, because she wants to be a computer science, uh, major and she is going to graduate as a computer science major, um, and share her experience as, as a woman of color in that industry. Um, because it was very, she felt, I, I, I definitely, from, you know, from hearing her, it was a very lon- lonely kind of ride to get to that point. And, you know, hopefully the advice that she offered is helpful to those who are seeking to be in that industry. Uh, who are women, uh, and then also, you know, acknowledging that there are resources out there uh, that you are able to take on if you're interested, you know, wherever you are in the phase of your life, um, programs out there that could potentially help uh, kick you off into uh, the tech industry. Um, I will leave all those resources uh, at the link below. I think I will also want to, I think I might create um, just a more formal document of some of these stuff uh, because I think it is very useful information. 
uh, I think, you know, with podcasts, sometimes they just be like, here, facts, facts, facts. And, you know, if you ever want to read well in depth into it, because we can't do it in how, you know, however long this podcast goes, you're able to reference some of these articles, go back and, and read more into some of the topics that we talked about, because I think it's very interesting to remain informed about what's going on in the world, especially with the tech world, because it is, you know, a, a big part of a life uh, for those who have access to it. Um, and yeah, I think it's important to just be able to be aware of what's what's the tech industry and what does tech mean for us, uh, whatever, whatever aspect of life it touches. Um, so yeah, I think I want to, it, it might be cause I, it, this, this podcast did go for a little while. I think I might have to break this podcast into two episodes, which is crazy. I just don't want to give people two hours of audio to listen through. Uh, but basically I must, the first, uh, part of the episode will be, Sorry, the first episode would be about my sister's journey into the tech industry and sort of what obstacles she came across uh, when she came into the industry. And the second part will be more so about uh, the social dilemma and talking about that documentary and what that means for the tech industry itself. Um, if it doesn't end up being two parts and it ends up being one part, that's fine. I'm more than happy to do it one, one little bit over an hour and hopefully you're able to listen it, listen all the way through. Um, so I still haven't decided about it yet. Uh, so yeah. Well, I wanted to thank you for watching. Uh, you know, I'm so sorry that it's been so long for me. It takes me to upload these videos and podcasts. Uh, this is for me more of a hobby than an actual job. And, you know, I have a job outside of this. Uh, for, for me, it's important to just to have these conversations and, hopefully bring to light to those who maybe don't have time to read some articles and just want to put on some headphones, listen through, uh, and, and learn something new, um, to help live their life on their terms. Um, I think one of the ways that this applies to my whole mantra is just knowing and understanding the world that we live in and not taking it for, for what it is. I think that I learned that in school, not even in school, but just in general, uh, not taking everything for what it is and being really critical about the, the, the ways things have been set up. I think that's very important uh, because we are citizens of this world and things happen every day and, and we want to be able to know why and how they happened. And I know that that can be very time consuming for some people who, you know, have jobs and are doing things and, and, you know, are out there, you know, busy with live there with their lives. But it is always good to just stop for a minute and, and learn something new. And whether it's something that interests you or something that you haven't heard about before, it's always good to just, you know, to intake that information. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for watching. And my next episode will be up when it's up. <laughs> I'm not going to like, I, I, you know, I, 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 I want to say I, I will try to be as consistent as possible. But I definitely do this as a form of joy because I do love um, having conversations with my, my sister and, and future uh, guests. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a very exciting process, but you know, I will keep you all updated via my social media platforms about when I'll be uploading uh, new videos. Uh, but in the meantime, I hope you all have a lovely rest of your week and I hope you enjoyed this episode.